Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Monsters podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Chris Krogman, Joe Gaither, and Luke Barry. Discussing all topics, Chicago Bears. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Tonight, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. We are live on the Believe in Monsters podcast. Another week talking Chicago Bears football. We finally have something to talk about as new additions have come to our Chicago Bears. Welcome in to the Believe in Monsters podcast. You can follow us on the Twitter machine at BIM underscore pod. Follow my friends Chris Krogman and Lucas Berry at ShyBears1985 and at LBerry underscore 40. I'm Joe Gaither. You can follow me at Joe Gaither 6. And we are here finally to break down uh, the newest members of our Chicago Bears. We've been going weeks and weeks and mock drafts and mock drafts. And what are we going to do at nine? What are we going to do at nine? We finally found out what they did at number nine. Thank you guys so, so much for joining us on the live stream on Thursday during the first round. If you, if you caught that, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, but yeah, we found out what they did at nine and then we moved into the next three days. So that's what we're going to get into tonight. Uh, we may get into the UDFAs. If not, there was a lot of them. We'll get into them for sure next week, but yeah, I'm a, uh, uh, basking in the draft, post-draft glory. Uh, and so I'm going to turn it over to my friends, Lucas Berry and Chris Krogman, to, to get us rolling. Lucas, how are you, my friend? Joseph, I am doing well. I feel exhausted from draft season. I mean, the whole thing is like this huge culmination, and it's finally over. I guess kind of thankfully I'm sick of hearing about the draft. Whatever. <laughs> we had fun. We, we predicted it right, too. We, we told people the week before, we said Darnell Wright will be the pick. And uh, we were spot on with that. Um, you guys were with me on draft night. I placed top 10 in that Huddle Reports mock draft contest. So boy. did well on that front. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to, to see what's next for the Bears. They got some money to spend still and some needs to still address. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Chris, how you doing, man? Good. What's next for the Bears is rookie minicamp this Friday. Woof. Oh, it's already rolling. Friday? Wow. Uh, I'm doing great. I think the draft was a lot of fun. I think, you know, like I, like I was saying with you guys, this was the most aware of draft prospects I've been in several years to the point where I knew, like, Everyone through the first five rounds, roughly for at least for the Bears, anyway, and ma- many other players as well. Uh, you know, some to point and laugh at, some to you know, kind of wish that they didn't go to teams they went to, but it is what it is. So Saturday was a blast, though, man. Uh, if you were able to jump on the live stream with us, I know our boy Albaro jumped on for a while. Uh, we had a couple of Luke's friends. 
um, Philly fans and Detroit fans jumping on. And uh, yeah, it was a really good time. Uh, Luke, you asked me, I think like after like what pick three, who the pick was going to be. And I was like, Darnell Wright. It's Darnell Wright. And at the time I didn't think, uh, you know, Carter was going to get there. I thought he was going five or six, but um, yeah, he was there. They uh, they said, no, thank you. That's the point we got to hop into right away. Yeah. The bears traded out of the pick. I mean, we saw it. It was within like at least two minutes, like, like that. I've never seen a trade that quick. Like that was done before it even happened. What do we think? Is this a, uh, a boneheaded move? Do we understand it? Or if, if, I mean, let's say Darnell Wright is very good and Jalen Carter is all pro good. Do we regret that decision? So here's my take. We'll never know. We'll truly never know how each situation would have played out if, you know, if they, if they take him at nine, we don't know. Like, we don't know if they take him at nine, if he turns into an all pro, you know, or if he goes to Philadelphia or if he goes, becomes an all pro or if he ends up with like, the Texans or the Raiders or some other random organization, what he turns out like. I feel like Philadelphia is just the absolute perfect landing spot for him and any Georgia player. I don't know if Kirby Smart is, you know, getting a bonus every time, you know, that he gets a a player drafted to the Eagles, but I think something's definitely in Howie Roseman's water up there in Philadelphia that he just wants to draft all Bulldogs, which I mean, smart that they, they, they're good players, but we'll truly never know how Jalen Carter would have played out in Chicago surface level talent wise. He's definitely very talented. There's, you know, you can nitpick him apart if you want to, which a lot of people have done saying, you know, he's lazy, he takes plays off. You know, he only flashed. He's not as all pro-ish as everybody and their mom says, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but it's nevertheless, the talent was there. Uh, but we'll never know if he would have been a better option for the Bears than Darren Wright. And to get an extra fourth to just drop one pick and still take the guy you wanted. Um, you could tell, like I said, from on Saturday from Ian Cunningham's press conference that they were out already. You could you could just see it in Cunningham's face and the way he answered questions about Carter that they weren't all that pr- impressed with him as a person. Exactly. I mean, Chris just laid it all out there. I mean, it, it, first, you're exactly right. You never know how he's going to play, how he would have played out in Chicago based on living in the city, being around, you know, just just, just the, the circumstances and environment in Chicago. Our coaching staff versus the Philly coaching staff. Our players in our locker room versus the Philly locker room and Philly players. All that stuff is different, and so all that stuff plays into what kind of player this guys these guys are going to be. And if Ryan Pole is evaluated, you know what? My pick is Darnell Wright. I have to protect Justin Fields. Or if he just says, "Hey guys, these are my three best players available, and our two best players available," and, and, and if they equal out and he says this guy Jalen Carter has a character knock versus Darnell Wright I don't have a uh, you know a minus I, I think you take the safer player and, and okay you might end up with a tackle who's at a B plus level and you might have you, you, you might watch a defensive tackle 
who plays at an A level plays better than better than Darnell Wright is. But like you still, I, I'm happy with the pick because you're protecting Justin Fields. You're prioritizing the the offensive line. It's not like you passed up on him. Now I know Bijan had just went, but it's not like you passed up on him for Bijan or for trading back and taking JSN later in the draft or something like that. I, I'm I'm happy with it. You get the extra fourth round pick, which they ultimately kind of moved around with l- later. Uh, with a fifth round pick, I believe. So, so, so it's kind of a, a, a one for one swap. I, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Uh, and, and if Carter goes on, like, I don't want to hear it from Bears fans. If Carter goes on and is defensive rookie of the year or is all pro, you know, in three years or whatever, I don't want to hear it. If Darnell Wright, we should just focus on Darnell Wright. We should focus on what he does for the Bears, what he gives our offense, not what could have been. This to me won't be. I know it's a different position, but it, it cannot. It, it shouldn't be. A, we could have had that drafted Trubisky. Just focus on Darnell Wright. I think he's a good fit for our offense. I think he's gonna be a good player. Uh, my my a couple of my buddies who have Tennessee glasses or goggles very very thick on. Uh, are in love with him, so um, I'm I'm buying their their word for it. I I, th- I think it's a good pick, and I think we should focus and support our guy, and not look uh down down, down south to Philly and think, oh, what could have been, uh, no matter what happens in four or five years. You know what I'm going to add? As so- like as soon as I figure out this sound machine thing, is you know when you're uh, watching uh, God, I can't remember what the show is now, where they have all the panel of ESPN writers or whatever. And PTI? Max is just in no, like where no, Max is just the in there bloop, 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 around the bloop, horn. Around the horn. Yeah. I'm just gonna get the bloop bloop button for like all the points that you guys are just racking up over here. Or maybe we'll like make it like Mario, like ding 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 ding. Uh <laughs> what you got, Lucas? We need that. We need that. We need that. No, I think you guys hit on it. Look, you were the big one on Jalen Carter. You loved him. Yeah, I, I think Chris was there with me. And like I said, on draft night, I was still even a little upset when they, they traded back, you know, with him on the board. Um, but I did kind of knew it was a strong possibility. And, and like Chris said, the breadcrumbs were kind of there where Ian Cunningham was kind of told you they weren't going to draft him just from how that press conference went. But enough on that. I mean, it is what it is. My biggest thing is I. If Carter becomes a really good player, I won't be upset. But if he becomes like the next Warren Sapp, then I will be up a little bit upset. Yeah, and the fact is we'll never know, like I said. Uh, because if he's an all-pro in Philly, is it because of Philly and the surrounding the surrounding people? Or is it just him? Um, my other take on, on Darnell Wright, you know, just kind of slightly nuanced in, in comparisons with like everybody was talking about Skaronsky, is he – uh, you know, a, a B plus level tackle, or is he just an elite level guard? Uh, both Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones were looked at as B B plus level left tackles. You know, Darnell Wright is kind of being judged kind of interestingly off of the tape last year from being a left tackle at Tennessee and then and not being very good and then just excelling at right tackle being more or less I mean he has played right tackle before I think like in high school but considering this might be like his like limited time at right tackle what if he's an A plus elite right tackle I mean is that is that a bad thing I mean are we you know if he turns into an all pro right tackle are we upset 
Not at all. And I know we talk about this a lot on this show of, you know, Roderick Jones, you take him, he, he was going to have to develop. I think Darnell Wright kind of steps in right away and he's going to be one of your better pass protectors, um, yes. which is great. And I think he comes with an attitude. I think he comes with, you know, uh, a great work ethic. I think this, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw him on draft night, the way, you know, everyone was talking to him and, you know, the, you know, polls and you refuse, you're going to be a bear. And then Chris Morgan's on the phone. He's like, Simo, what's up, my guy? Like, those two are bonded already at the hip, and I love it. Um, I think that he has a great relationship with Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, and I think, honestly, that's that's a huge part of the process. Like He's very excited to be drafted by the Bears. And Joe, did you get a chance to read what The Athletic put out today, the story about how the Bears kind of fell in love with him? Oh, no, I didn't. I'll have to check it out. What's the uh, what's kind of big point or two? I'll I'll let you guys check it out, but it was just kind of takes you through the whole process of how they scouted him and how they really liked what he did versus Will Anderson, basically pitching a shutout. But supposedly um, the day before Easter, he had a private workout in Knoxville with Chris Morgan, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus was there. Um, they basically mentally challenged him in the room as, as hard as they could. They Chris Morgan gave him a bunch of concepts on the board. He raced and made him redraw all the concepts. Then they brought him out in the field and supposedly put him through the people at Tennessee are saying the hardest workout any of them have ever seen someone be put through. They were literally trying to make him tap out and Darnell Wright basically said, I'm not tapping out. Um, you know, make him do up downs and then regurgitate all the information on the blackboard, basically on the field. Chris Morgan was changing the plays at the line. And after they just got this guy exhausted um, and apparently he just aced it with flying colors and that was it. They said that he was their number one tackle after that. Hell yeah. I swear, I swear they just... Mine. They just regurgitate stuff in those stories that, like, you hear on the podcast, like, because they ran through that entire scenario on on yeah. one of the on one of the podcasts, uh, either CHGO or uh, Hogan Johns. Uh, the the what it reminded me of when they were talking through it is, uh, like, this is a terrible movie reference, and don't hate me, but yeah, guilty pleasures and all that shit. Uh, gi jane when they make them like fucking absolutely exhausted and want to die and then they have to like write a paper while they're sitting listening to like classical music trying to make them pass out and they like have to stay awake and do this shit that's what it reminded me of is just like beating the dude to death and then be like okay you know are you still intelligent because that's when your mind shuts off right is when your body is just fight or flight it's just like your, your mind quits uh and if he succeeded in that scenario, I think he'll do just fine. So and I'm stoked, honestly. I'm I'm happy with the pick. And like I've said, that just taking a tackle, taking an offensive tackle in the first round, just set up the rest of the draft so much better. And we saw it play out exactly that way. Look at this line now that you your draft is done. I mean, you, granted, you got to get to camp and everybody be healthy, this, that, and the other. But you got Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis, and then Darnell Wright. Like from from left to right, I I, <laughs> I feel a lot better than I did six months ago. <laughs> yeah, I think they I, need one more depth tackle. Is my okay. take, but after that, I will be fairly satisfied going into this year. I don't disagree there, Lucas. Uh, I would have, I would have loved to see a later round tackle taken, uh, or uh, I think like Earl Bostic from Kansas was still out there for a UDFA. I would have liked to see them grab him. Uh, our boy Jake Witt, I think, went in like the sixth or something like that. Or, or I think he went yeah. to the Colts. <laughs> yeah, any man, man, it's like every. It's funny who who the guys that like because Ballard gets good 
good uh, kudos for being a good drafter. Uh, and like, you know, players that I liked went to teams that I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, I, I, you know, the Colts don't really affect us other than Ballard's a former bear person, but uh, yeah. So stoked about Darnell, right? Uh, I think, yeah, P- bears fans are still shitting on the center position. And and I know Cody white here hasn't played there for two years, but I, you got to feel better about him than uh, 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 golden domer, Sam Mustafer, because <laughs> yes, he's terrible. So no. him and Patrick, I and, think and are we, better options. Yes, I was going to say we really don't know what Patrick is. I know people poo poo on him, but just whatever. He's good depth. If the two of them battle it out and whatever, he's get depth. another depth tackle, and I think they'll be all right. But before we go to the next pick, I'll just put this out there. So we had, this is obviously came into a big factor this year. Uh, really high in Ryan Poles' relative athletic score for Darnell Wright was nine point six eight. Um, so he was actually technically the most athletic in this whole draft class. Um, also want to throw it out there that he was a former five-star recruit, which is a, a trend that Ryan Poles kind of hammered home in this whole draft, picking former five-star recruits coming out of high school, which I just think is is interesting. Um, and then on, on the beast, uh, I think he was like maybe the 20th ranked prospect. I'm bringing that up right now. Number 24 overall, but I think he kind of moved moved up a lot of boards way later. So I think Brugler had him a little bit higher by the time the draft came around. So, uh, yeah, that's it for Darnell Wright. I think the bears got a, a hell of a lineman. Um, and he can pass protect, which we love. We need pass protection. Yeah. He, uh, he said something about protecting Justin Fields. And I think he said, like, if he wants to hang out back there for, two months or something like that and you know wash his car or something i got him or if he wants to take <laughs> off running then i'm gonna chase him down he's like i might not catch him but I'm, I'm gonna follow him all the way to the end zone so love to hear it and he's nasty fits the demeanor that polls is looking for so yeah let's uh yeah it looks smelly he kind of looks greasy doesn't he no he looks he looks very handsome for a large man and very well kempt come on now <laughs> you like that little it, it looks like he got a little grease a little sweat on his brow well, yeah, yeah. It looks like he is a hard worker, but uh, he, he cleans up nice. So, got to, got to, got to show some love for the big man. Oh, of uh, course. Well, now, now we have to go to the other big man. He's probably the most controversial big man the Bears drafted. Second round pick, Gervon Dexter. Joe, you are an SEC guy. Do you know anything about him? Have you watched him, or do you not really watch Gators football? Oh. Well, only after his pick did I really kind of look at uh, some of the film clips that kind of came out. Um, and I get what a lot of people, uh, the, the, the criticism, get uh, the, his get-off was uh, not good uh, on, on film. But um, I, I wonder how much of that is, uh, you know, Florida's been, their program has been in turmoil for a minute now. Billy Napier is going into his now third year, second year. Uh, second. So. So, so he he's kind of they got undergone some coaching turnover at Florida. I don't know how consistent their program is right now. They, they they've got kind of some 
they've got some political issues off the field. No, just kind of as far as who's really running the program over there. So I wonder, I wonder what the buy-in really was for uh, for a guy like uh, Javon Dexter. But you, you see a lot of the physical tools and and Luke give us his uh, relative athletic score here in just a minute. But you you see his tools uh, and you heard him. Uh, you you heard the Bears uh, management talk about he won't be playing in a two-gap system. He'll be playing really a, a one-gap system, and I think that will help him. Uh, and um, sometimes I think guys get to big schools and and just want to get to the get on the draft radar and get into the league, and then they then they really kind of uh, turn it on when they're when they're playing for real money. So I kind of I, I I think uh, shit maybe it's just my Bears goggles. It probably is. I, th- I think I think this is going to be a pick that uh, it might take a minute, but he's going to catch on and, and and be be an asset for the Bears defensive line. Yeah, like Lucas mentioned earlier, uh, with the trend of five-star recruits, uh, this is one of my favorite things that, you know, when they were when they drafted Javon Dexter, I think initially Lucas was a little less than thrilled. I think uh reading some of the other comments outside of the beast wasn't great. Uh, but Brugler was very high on Dexter. He was the highest rated three tech left going into day two, not just where the bears drafted. So he had him over Benton. He had him over out of Bore. Um, but Jervon Dexter was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, I think the number one recruit in Florida, number 12 overall in the country. And a higher rated recruit than Mr. Jalen Carter, who went at number nine. Uh, one interesting thing, or number 10, one, no, nine. Yeah. One interesting thing I read uh, was like one of those way too early mocks or whatever from like August of 2022. So like when football was just getting going for college football is Dexter was like a, like a top 10, top 15 pick on two different mock drafts. So the talent's definitely there. How he was coached, how what he was asked to do in Florida wasn't what he's going to be asked to do in Chicago with the, you know, the ones gap scheme, just get off and go. So he he will have to remember how to do that or learn how to do that again. And I, you know, when the when the everybody was complaining about his get off, I kind of looked up like is reaction time something you can train yourself to be better at. And it, it is, I mean, you can get better reaction time, uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I love the pick. I mean, if I'm, if I'm being honest, his relative athletic score is phenomenal as well. I love the pick. So I think he's going to be just fine. I mean, Florida season went off the rails last year. Uh, they, they ended up. Y'all remember they beat they beat Utah at home on that uh, the first first the first night of the season, and then they turned around and lose to Kentucky, and they lost at Tennessee two weeks later, like one of their big rivals. They went six and seven. They're, they're, the the end of their year went off the rails. So I, I don't really know, and maybe you know that's a bad sign for 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 Dexter, but. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how easy it is to stay engaged. I, I, I don't. I, maybe I'm just coming up with excuses for his motor, uh, but but there's my excuse. Yeah. So just uh, just reading the overall beast here summary, he was Brugler's 55 overall player, and that's right where the Bears drafted him. So according to Brugler, it's kind of right where you expect him to go. And as Chris alluded to, there really wasn't a whole lot of 
D tackle talent left when the Bears drafted with their second pick. I mean, all the magic dudes flew off the board and Dexter truly was one of the top guys out there. And I know people, you know, I, I even rag on it that the, you know, he really does look very slow. Like on film, it's noticeably slow off the snap, but as Chris alluded to, uh, you know, hopefully that is something that can be coached, but you're getting a guy here who is just an absolute beast of a person, 9.52 athletic score. Uh, he's 6'5", 310. And what's ironic about his get off is that his 10 yard split time is in the elite category. He has a 1.7, 10 yard split. So for a guy, his size, it's pretty insane. Yeah, well, um, comment on, you know, on on how many times you see him get off the ball so, uh, slowly, but still make impact on the plays. I, I was going to say it's, as a run defender, it's evident the guy the guy clogs gaps and he's hard to block. Um, it's it just you're really when you're looking at those upside three techs, you really want to see ability to rush the passer, which true. It seems like he has all the ability to do, but he hasn't quite harnessed it yet. But the he does show flashes of dominance, and and people are just really trying to say, okay, how do you harness that? But again, this is a round two pick here. It's not a round one pick. You're shooting for the stars on upside here, and if you're going to shoot for that. You want a guy who's gigantic and can move really fast. Um, Brugler, as he said uh, in his summary, Dexter must develop a more disciplined approach to turn the flashes into more consistent play, but he is agile, coordinated big man who has yet to play his best football. His traits-based projection who can play up and down the line, which will interest both odd and even fronts. Um, and then just going off all that, the Bears follow-up pick to the Zach Pickens. I don't know if Dexter's going to be playing three-tech more or, or one-tech. I think they might use him more over the nose um, and let him just beat up the run game like he has been. We'll see. So from what Poles was saying is that they were more or less interchangeable, is that the the tackle position in general in that defense is interchangeable, not just that Dexter and uh, Pickens were interchangeable, but that – you know, either one of those two guys could play one tech or three tech and that they wanted their tackles going forward to be uh to be inter- kind of be interchangeable at, at each position. But let's not skip over the pick in between the two tackles. Oh yeah, I forgot they traded back up for him. Traded up uh for is it Tyreek Tyreek Stevenson didn't want to mess that up. Unfortunately, I did not really <laughs> do a whole lot of reading up on on Stevenson. Uh, it's one of the the guys that I was looking at for for cornerback options for the Bears. Um, they there was some guys that Brugler had rated higher. Uh, that were still available when they took Stevenson, but obviously the Bears really liked him. He was a two-year starter at Miami uh, after transferring from Georgia where he was playing the star nickel position where he didn't want to play, essentially. Joe is not there currently, so, but I wanted to get his take. Joe, do you have, a, you have your take on, uh, on Stevenson at Georgia with Kirby Smart? Well, I know the star – you mean it's basically that, that that strong that strong safety that big nickel, um, and if he was if he was playing that, then he was viewed as uh, an athletic an athletic defensive back who who had physicality, and doesn't that uh, make, make I mean that's what that's that's what you want uh, in the Eberflus hit system? Uh, no, he he only spent like a year at, at Georgia, um, but I, I I think you see the approach to the draft, and it's almost like. 
I know that obviously they didn't listen to this, our, our Dagon podcast, but uh, it's almost like our, our thoughts are all aligned uh, as far as addressing the trenches and then and then uh, and then helping out the defensive backfield. Um, I wonder, and we can get into this in later episodes, what the future of Jalen Johnson is going to be. But I love just adding to these positions, adding competition to these positions. Uh, you saw last year with Kyler Gordon; he played kind of that. In that slot uh, corner for a little bit, and they played outside. It took them a while to kind of catch on. I think if you have these defensive backs who have a myriad of ability to, to do different things, it makes you just that that much harder to attack. And uh, loading up a defensive back is is really is a great sign, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, t- touching on Johnson, I mean, polls obviously has said these kind of things before, like with David Montgomery, but uh, he, he wants to get Jalen Johnson re-signed uh, and keep him in Chicago for a long time. I think were, were his exact words, but that could just be GM talk. It could just be, you know, all smoke, but I, I do hope that Jalen is not going anywhere and we could see him and Stevenson and, and uh, Kyler Gordon be the, the three, Corner. You put Bill Dora back on the bench. Yeah. I mean, you put Bill Dora in as a nickel. I mean, that's a that's a massive up. I mean, not nickel as a dime. That's a massive upgrade. Right. But they even drafted two corners. So there's going to be a little competition there for sure. But Stevenson kind of fits that mold of very similar to Brent's. You know, we, we hammered Brent's home before. But I guess Eberflus's type is a long physical cornerback with long arms. You can play press man, and that's what he wants. So. Uh, another pretty good athlete, eight nine three relative athletic score, and uh, he was a four star recruit coming out of high school. But he was a higher rated four star recruit. Also, should be noted that two of these first three picks were both at the Senior Bowl. I think both of them actually played on Getz's team, Darnell Wright and Tyreek Stevenson. Agreed. I don't think Dexter was in the senior. I don't think he was a senior. Correct. On all accounts, Lucas. Good, good call out. Um, Let's get to some offensive players in the fourth round. No, you're missing one. They got one more D tackle this round. You Joe. already They're started talking two. about you Pickens. Talked about Pickens. You talked about Pickens a little I'm bit. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You you, you uh, have some more to say about big Pickens? Give it to us. Uh, well, Zach Pickens is the next guy on our list. He was the first pick in the third round. And I think another guy that Bears fans are kind of claiming was – a reach, but with only one pick in the third round, if they liked him, I think it's a it's a kind of another shoot for the moon upside pick. Um, something I thought was really interesting was um, Rod Marinelli was talking about how three techniques, some of the one of the best indicators for three techniques in in the defense are uh, the brawl jump numbers, and both Zach Pickens and Jervon Dexter were among the top broad jumpers, but Zach Pickens specifically was number one in the entire class. Um, his relative athletic broad jump is 9.7. So a very ridiculously explosive athlete, kind of a crazy first step. I mean, he's 6'3", 291, but he is, he can fly. Um, so, so sticking with the trend of explosive athletes, I think the Bears have two guys in Pickens and Dexter who they're just trying to Hit a home run on one of them. Take take the upside. So Pickens had the number tied for number one at 116 inches 
And Trevon Dexter was 110 inches. So those, those, yeah, they're jumping off. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm excited well, you, about Bookie's Are these guys going to make Jack Sanborn a superstar next year? Jack Sanborn might be lucky to see the field, man. At this rate, I don't know. The way they're the way they're uh, signing linebackers and drafting linebackers, and uh, we're on to the fourth round, Joe. So tell us about your boy Roshan. Jo- Actually, this is Lucas's dude, but oh yeah, Lucas has been drooling about Roshan Johnson since. Uh, you want me to take uh, it away, uh, Joe? I, I got all the info on Roshan. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, there's a few things to address here. The fact that the Bears drafted a running back does not mean Khalil Herbert is being cut or won't make the team. I think that is ridiculous talk. Weird. Um, I think it is possible that Johnson could take over the backfield, and I do think it it is possible that that he is being way overlooked because he was running behind Bijan Robinson. But to the Bears' advantage, they were able to get him in the fourth round as opposed to maybe people were saying he could have been around two pick if. If he was the lead back there, um, they're saying he, he would have been the best, one of the best feature backs in college football. But uh, Roshan Johnson kind of, he does it all and he adds a skill set the Bears haven't had in a while. Um, I know we said Montgomery was kind of their best pass blocker as a running back for a while, but I think Roshan Johnson is a very good pass blocker out of the backfield. He can catch some passes, he can run some routes at a, at a decent clip, and he's an incredible. Incredibly explosive one cut and go back. Talk about explosion. I mean, he, I think he ran a four, five, eight, 40 time, but his 10 yard split is in the elite category. He ran the same 10 yard split as guys like Jameer Gibbs at Bijan. So take that for what it's worth that those guys can absolutely burn and his, uh, his 10 yard split kept up with them. So really explosive dude. And I think the Bears just got an absolute steal. People talk about how high character guy he is and, Basically, take all the good qualities of David Montgomery and put him into this back, and you got Roshan. What do you make of Roshan Johnson's high school quarterbacking ability and the fact that he did a little bit of that in Texas? The stupidity I saw on Bears Twitter about having him back there to actually throw a pass when you have Justin Fields is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But hey. Okay, so is Matt Nagy now our, our secret offensive coordinator? Are we running like Santa's helper with fucking Roshan Johnson? I think it's I think it's more of a factor in the quarterback run game when you don't want to get fields hit all the time. Right. I'm talking like once a year. Like maybe twice a year. You have to run that like more than once a year to have it like be a thought at the back of a defense. Sure, you, you, but, you, hit, you hit him with a, with twenty toss sweeps before before you let him stand up and throw it. Okay, I'm not saying it's like oh this is what we're gonna do like all the time with the guy, but like it's an aspect of his skill set. I just see these like threads getting pulled on on Bears Twitter that just crack me up. You know, like Lucas alluded to Khalil Herbert getting cut or traded or benched or not, not, you know, not, uh, not dressing. He's still, if not the starter, the change of pace back at the very least going into the season, uh, no matter how much you like 
Roshan or anybody else, Herbert's still going to be a very big. I mean, we, we, no, I, like, I mean, I like, I like Foreman a lot, but like, listen, dude, Foreman wasn't. Tariq wasn't this, a touchdown pass in the John Fox offense. Well, what are you talking about you. Didn't he? The, yeah, but that wasn't the John Fox offense. That was the well, uh, was under his his tenure. But but, but before Matt Nagy got there is what, is what I'm saying. Well, like, I mean, look, crazy I mean, a running back throw a pass. Like literally anybody's better than Mitch Trubisky, though. I mean, fair. <laughs> we're not we're not talking about letting Ty, Tariq Cohen throw a touchdown pass instead of Justin All Fields. Right. I, get it. I get it. Field. I get it. I get it. It's 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 it'll be a fun it'll be a fun goal line exercise to see what Roshan Johnson can bring to the table. Uh, I I like the pick a lot. I think you know what's been said is very uh, positive about Roshan not just being you know low tread on the tires. If he wasn't in Texas behind Bijan, that he would have been phenomenal elsewhere. Uh, Bijan and every other Texas player calling him the best teammate they've ever had in their entire lives. Texas coaches talking about him being just a class act human being. Uh, he is everything that David Montgomery was and potentially more just being the char- high character type of person and very, and very talented to boot. So uh, exciting fourth round pick at the very I, I think most. I think all these backs will really, really kind of accentuate each other's strengths too. I mean, Johnson's going to be kind of give you that third down ability and also a lot of power. You got Herbert, who, like we said earlier, is one cut and go in, in the field. And Foreman is is your kind of breakaway speed guy. And I know we talked about it before, but I think I think Homer will be kind of a non-factor, but more of a special teams guy who might kind of be like a gadgety type. But um, interesting backfield. I think the Bears are are going to continue to run a lot this year and I love it. I agree. Uh so fourth round pick, Roshan Johnson. We all love it. It's uh it's a solid one. Uh moving on to hey Chris. Hey Chris, Chris, yeah. Chris move sure. on. Yeah. What's gonna what's gonna be more next year? Roshan Johnson's passing yard or Vegas Jones is receiving yards. This is a stupid question. You should have saw, said Vilas Jones's punt return yards, and that would have been a much better joke. Okay. Well, I was stuck on. I was going to say Justin Fields' rushing yards, but that would have been a terrible joke. Well, Vilas caught one pass last year for like fifty yards, dude. If he does that one time next year, it's going to be more passing yards than Roshan Johnson has. Come on, bro. All right. No, no, no. I, I have a better question for Joe. Roshan Johnson's passing yards or Valish Jones dropped passing receiving yards. Uh, yeah, I think uh yeah, Roshan's gonna pass for right at 48 yards uh for the <laughs> season. 48 yards. He's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be two separate passes. One I'm taking the under on that, dude. I'm not taking that at all. It's gonna it's gonna be like two big plays. One in week three, one in week sixteen, big plays. Uh, so you, you're 48 yards. No, Vegas is definitely dropping more receiving yards, potential receiving yards. Well, All shit, right, well, actually, we no, Vegas, he's not even getting on this field. Yeah, we need to talk about my favorite Bears pick of the draft. There you go. Right we're now. setting up the next pick. Y'all think I'm being silly, but we're setting up the next pick. 
Tyler Scott. We hit him. We actually, I think we've talked about most of these guys on this podcast at some point. Which I'm very proud of us. We we went when we did when we kind of went through shotgun a bunch of guys that the Bears could pick. I know Chris, you were on Dexter way earlier in the season. You mentioned him as a name. I know we talked about him for a fact. That was your guy. Um, I'm almost positive we talked about Pickens, and we beat Tyler Scott to death in the wide receiver episode. So. Sixteen did some homework. yards per catch for Mr. Tyler Scott. All he's going to have to, all Roshan has to do is connect with Tyler Scott, and there's your forty-eight yards because he's Mr. Big Play getting down the field. Now this this burglar had him as his wide receiver seven second round grade, and the Bears stole him at the end of the fourth round. Um, Chris, what do you, do you what do you got on Scott? You like this pick a lot. Yeah, another guy that is not replacing Darnell Mooney. Like, chill the <laughs> fuck out, Bears fans. Good it's, God. It's okay to have more than two good receivers. It's All okay. they did last year was complain about how we had no skill players, and then as soon as we get one, they're like, let's get rid of all the old ones. Like, dude, you were just – everybody was trying to convince us how Darnell Mooney was a 1A or a 1B or a 2A, and, and now he's off the roster. It's like, all right, I get you're excited about new toys, but pump the brakes. I mean, Tyler Scott, I mean, my, super excited, yeah. but dude's got to play some snaps before we just say, hey, plus, let's get rid of plus, a proven why commodity. Why can't we be excited about Tyler Scott playing the Dante Pettis role or like getting those snaps? Like, oh. that's, that's fine. I'd rather see that than Pettis. You know what I mean? It's like, I think I get rid of our good guys. We, let's get more of Scott out there. I don't want to see Harry or. I know that's your boy, but I don't want to see Harry or Pettis out there anymore. Harry's not even on the squad, dude. Him. I don't know where I thought he you is. said he was. <laughs> dude, that's what the that's what some I think the website said it. Like the the official Bears website said it up until I don't know, whatever day I was telling you that. Uh didn't Tyler Scott also play some special teams? Isn't he like a isn't he yeah. a gunner for Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean that's really- that's fantastic too. I mean, guys guys contributing too. On, on special teams is is what you need. I mean, especially when they have that amount of talent as well. Cause I think, I think the conversation really comes down to, you know, your top four wide receivers are really the only receiving options you're going to have. Numbers five and six really are, are almost special teams guys. So, you know, you're not going to have Darnell Mooney playing special teams most, most likely. And you're not going to have ESB and Dante, Dante Pettis. Yes. Because only, but only because he returns punts. Uh, but I'm with you, Lucas. I mean, why, why limit ourselves to having only, you know, why can't, uh, Tyler Scott be wide receiver five or six and play special teams? I am. I am so excited about this pick though, just because I do think he, he does like, if it does come to that point next year where the bears have to choose who they're signing and let's just say for whatever reason, they don't want to pay Mooney. This is a guy who I think has the potential that he could show you this year to be like, Hey, I'm I'm that good. We'll see. We got to get to that point first, but he makes that decision between Mooney and Claypool next year if they have to do that a lot easier. If he's as good as Brugler thinks he is, um, Brugler had a lofty comp for him. He says he's similar to Tyler Lockett. I mean, we'll see. But if the Bears found a guy like that, that would be incredible. But basically, Scott's strengths are perfect for Fields. I mean, he's he's a pure home run hitter with some route running ability. Four 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 guy with, I'm pretty sure he was in a, a junior Olympic track sprinter. 
So this guy's got speed to burn, especially deep down the field. We alluded to it before on your average touchdown of almost 45 yards receiving, which is absurd. So good mess with field skill set here. He's just tiny. Good mess with Roshan Johnson's skill set. <laughs> all 14, Who was the next pick, Chris? All 14 of his touchdowns in, in college went for 20-plus yards. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like, I mean, my what I, how I take that is like he's good between the twenties, but once they get inside the red zone, they're just they're not going to use him because yeah, he's 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 five foot nine, one hundred and eighty pounds. He's, At least he's not the not one hundred and fifty pounds, but man, that uh, who's that five foot five running back that led the nation in uh, all purpose yards last year that people are he's falling. Went to the Dow- yeah, I went to the Cowboys. Good God, dude. Y'all need to chill. <laughs> Y'all need to chill. Um, but is, yeah, that like, is-, is that Jock Vaughn's kid or something? Or who is this Deuce Vaughn? Yeah. Uh, he was the – no, Jock Vaughn's the coach of the Nets. He I was know. the son of the scout of the Cowboys, though. They had <laughs> gotcha. emotional gotcha. on draft night. But uh, sure. Googler had Scott ranked at 48. So the Bears got him at, what, 100 and something? 133rd. Yeah, and he was ranked 48 on Brugler's list. So, quite the steal of the draft if you're going by those rankings. So, our next pick, Lucas, I'm glad you asked, is our fifth round pick. Another five-star recruit out of high school. Number 148 overall, a Mr. Noah Sewell. Brother Panay Sewell plays for the Lions. And he's got another brother, I think, that plays for the Buccaneers or some shit. Like, this is just a... a, a well, this is actually... The more I looked into him, because I know a lot of us were like, who the hell is this guy? Chris, if you go back and look at those, like you said, you look it up for Dexter. If you look up the 2022 mock draft of the 2021 after the 2021 season... Sewell was another first-round pick. Right. They were saying he was supposed to be better than his brother. He was incredible at Oregon that year, and he had a really kind of bad year last year. Um, but there's also a lot of other issues at Oregon. They got a new coaching staff, and they had some turmoil there. So some stuff that's out of his control, and you know his, his level of play dropped. But really, like we've kind of been hitting home this whole time, Bears betting on big-time upside, big-time athleticism, and – I thought this pick was interesting because even in Brugler mentioned he has kind of this crazy pass rush ability and, and a, an arsenal of moves um, where Brugler thinks he can maybe get some run at edge, which I thought was interesting considering what the Bears have. So we'll see. So they addressed that on one of the podcasts I was listening to today. Uh, and they said they didn't really think that he was going to get a lot of run at edge, that he was more a middle linebacker that knew how to blitz. So he could come off the edge at times, but it wasn't going to be, you know, a lot of Bears fans are already trying to turn him into an edge. And I don't see polls. Yeah, it's situational. And I don't see polls and company being that team that just picks guys to move them immediately like, you know, previous regimes have done. I just think it'll give him a kind of a different skill set to mix in there. And another guy will play special teams and just reading his kind of scouting report from Brugler. It sounds like, uh, it sounds very similar to Jack Sanborn. Honestly, it's just like 
good at stopping the run, won't give you much in pass coverage, high motor type of guy. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So. Which is interesting because he's another like athletic freak, but doesn't have the play athleticism that you would expect. But, and uh, this is honestly, we, we can, we haven't really hit on this, but this has kind of been Eberflus's bread and butter too. And in, in Indianapolis was his ability to develop linebackers has been pretty solid. So this is interesting more so than defensive line. I would say is his track record with line of linebackers specifically later round ones. It's been pretty good. So in, interesting pick for sure. A hundred percent. I agree. Uh, Hopefully our defensive line coach is is good. Uh, I don't even know who our defensive line coach is. I man, I actually saw his name the other day, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that guy, cool, 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 cool." No idea who he is either. Uh, but for our second fifth round pick, which is the one we got for trading back in the fourth from one oh three to one fifteen was uh, number 165, the second corner drafted, as Joe alluded to earlier, a Mr. Terrell Smith from Minnesota. It was a three-year starter there. Uh, mixed coverage scheme, making splashes as a freshman. Uh, kind of lost in the wilderness a few years before producing his best season as a senior, leading the team in pass breakups. Top-end speed and foot quickness. Uh, and hopefully he's another uh, addition to the secondary. It's funny that they added another person in this secondary room, considering that like Jalen Jones played pretty well last year, as well as the other cornerback. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, but anyway, uh, another corner added to that room. Luke, anything on Terrell Smith? I honestly didn't know too much about him. I just know I th- I'm pretty sure Brugler had him as a three to four round grade. So pretty sure is kind of another one of those guys the Bears got tremendous value on, technically speaking. And um, someone pointed this out on Twitter. I thought it was kind of an interesting find. Uh, all the corners that Poles and Flus have drafted have all come from a little bit of ad- adversity early in their career and kind of helped themselves in their last year in college. Um, Kyler Gordon had kind of the same thing, a slow start and followed it up with some really strong seasons. And then this year, Stevenson and uh, Smith here, both the same kind of story struggling early on and, and kind of really finding the groove later. So uh, just in, interesting find on, on that part, you know, Bears picking some guys who face some adversity early in their career at cornerback. So Brugler had a fourth round grade on him. He is a, a fifth year senior who is, Nearly 24 years old, but did run a 4-4, had a 1-5, 10-yard split, which is solid, better than the top three guys um, in the draft. You know, decent decent quickness, decent feats. Um, so, yeah, I mean, fifth-round pick, the late fifth-round pick, uh, you know, 165 is borderline sixth round. Uh, so yeah, just another guy to add to the room and, and add some competition. He got 13 starts last year. Um, and, and, and so it's like, I'm reading exactly like you said, Luke, that, uh, he played reserve for a while before having a great fifth season. Uh, I want to throw this at you guys as we, as we've hit our fifth round, uh, as we've hit the end of the fifth round picks, uh, through the first, well, how many is this now? One, two, three, four, five, eight. six, seven, eight picks. To the first eight picks, we've picked guys who have all 
come from Power 5 programs, yes? Even Cincinnati is a Power 5 program now. Uh, so you've taken all big school guys. And um, just like your relative athletic score and just like your five-star prospects, uh, I, I find it very interesting that through the first eight picks, he goes with uh, he goes with, with guys who have played all you know high level college football. Yes, no, I agree, Joe, and that's that's a that's a great call out. My, you know, and, and maybe it doesn't work out. It's just very the five star recruit thing. Really, to me, shows that there's a, a baseline there and room for you know, room to get to that elite status with the right situation, the right coaching. Uh, and, and hopefully we have that. And they, it's not like it was like, you know, they traded up for these guys or they were high first rounders, all of them, but uh, very, very exciting to see the top end potential of these guys and to, to all have played power five schools. And, I think somebody else put this out like all of the top guys had 30 plus starts in their career or something like that. Maybe, maybe even higher than that. 35 plus starts all the way through Pickens. So like right Dexter Stevenson Pickens all had a significant amount of starts in there in their college career. Lucas, does that sound familiar? Am I making that up? I mean, it sounds about right. I think a lot of these guys are a little bit older. I at least know, right? He's a, a little older. I, I think every Dexter college guy is old, older now. The NIL deals well, are just making these dudes like 26 before they come out. It's, it's <laughs> the extra COVID year. You can't keep blaming COVID. I know, but they gave everybody the extra year. But they still had played football that year because of Justin Fields. They got to play that year. And so they didn't well, count it uh, um, for a year of eligibility. Unless their name was Trey Lance. I'm kind of glad that that's that's how they're drafting just because, I mean, we saw what happened with Mitch taking a guy early. He's only had 12 college games under his belt. I mean, there's just too much projection with too many unknowns of you don't know. So Unknowns that you don't know? Me, unknowns me and Adam Shaheen, baby. I, mean, I, I like to know things I don't know. Me too. But you're never going to know unless you try. So. Yeah. And knowing is knowing is half the battle, as they say. So where did Adam Shaheen? What was his now? Story? Now we know what Ashland. You went to yeah, Ashland. Yes. yes. Why? See, this is like the thing. The the funny things that we got into on Twitter in the last few days, and like the fact that you remember that. Like I had somebody who's been on this podcast tell me that Ego Ferguson went to Florida. Shame, shame. Didn't he go to LSU? LSU, yeah. Yeah, he went to LSU. And Will Sutton went to he was Sun Devil State. Arizona State, Sun Devil State. The hell? Where's that? Seven-rounders. Seven-rounders. I don't know anything about these guys. Defensive lineman out of Kennesaw State. And Kendall First Williamson, thing. cornerback out of Stanford. Let me read you what uh, is, is listed on the Bears dra- draft profile, fr- courtesy of the Bears app. Uh, this is from uh, this is from Travis Bell. Travis Bell posted four tackles in the season opener at Sanford, <laughs> assisted on a tackle for loss at Jacksonville State. Also recorded four tackles in the contest 
tied a career-high five tackles in a win over Charleston Southern. All added one-and-a-half tackles in a sack in the next contest. Let's see. Blocked a field goal. So, looks this is looks like, oh, it's just straight from his Kansas State. Uh, or his Kennesaw State. Kennesaw program. State. Kennesaw First State. player ever drafted First from Kennesaw State. Straight drafted ever. Congratulations. That's right. We're just all over it. We're all over it on this podcast. We have read all of the things for you folks who have. I don't see him even on Brugler's list. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy draft that wasn't on Brugler's list. Is he even Brugler doesn't know who he is. He's a detail. Six foot, 310 pounds, spent five years with the Kennesaw State Owls, played in 44 games, totaling 11 sacks and 24 and a half tackles for loss. A 2022 graduate student, probably because of the COVID year, he, he totaled a career high 30 tackles <laughs> and one and a half sacks. As a senior in 2021, he was named All Big South Conference second team. Say with me, Joe. Travis Ball, no matter what. Travis Ball, no matter what. It's Travis (laughs) Bell, dude. Travis Bell, no matter what. He's from Montgomery, Alabama. He did 30 bench bench press reps, 32-and-a-half-inch vertical leap. Which isn't bad. It won't tell me what his broad jump is, so we can see if he's actually going to work out at three tech per Rod Marinelli. Uh, his broad jump hey. is nine oh two. Where do you where do you find where did you find that? I'm looking at his RAS. I don't know if that's nine foot two inches. It doesn't have. It has to be nine foot two be inches. Nine foot, yeah. So it ran in weird. Yeah. That's, What's uh, uh, 80th percentile broad jump. I mean, wait, what? It's so it's nine foot two. Nine foot two. I I guess for his weight, that's one. That's one. That's it's the same as Dexter, and it's only six inches shorter than Pickens. That's pretty good. Six inches is a lot. That's not not what she said. Yeah. They said that's average. When it comes to broad jump, it's a lot. Well, yeah, man, but no, not really. Travis Ball, no matter what. Travis Ball, no matter what. What? How many stars did he have coming out of high school? Did he even exist? No, he was just like all of a sudden showed up on Kennesaw State like this week, this year. It's amazing. Twenty-four-seven. Travis Bell, twenty-four-seven. Let's see. Ooh, you, you looked up the 247. Look at that. He's got a Twitter account. We don't care about that. We only care about his 247. Yeah, on the show. Joe, what 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 scripture do you think he has as his as his quote on his on his Twitter? Philippians 419. 413, but yeah. 413. Yeah, that's it. I'm looking for him in this beast. I don't see him looking Holy smokes. He's not rated. His composite rating was a two-star recruit. He was rated as the 129th prospect in Alabama in the class of 2017. So, so Ryan Poles did everything we just talked about and smashed it down with a big hammer, taking someone from Kennesaw State. He wasn't even ranked out of high school. Oh, he had an 8.22 RAS, though. Here's the thing. That's gonna be- it's the seventh round, okay? I'm just... I'm just and the other, and the other thing is Ryan Poles 
was gushing about this kid's character. He said yes, he, he didn't want to stop hanging out with him. He was just that kind of f- fun person to be around. So hopefully he'll be able to uh, cut his ass if he if he can't make the team. Come on, Joe. It's not it's not his job. It's in the coach's hands now. It is his job to cut him. Uh, oh, no. Where's D tackles? You guys can go on to the next guy. I don't even know. Kendall Williamson. Kendall Williamson is a cornerback out of Stanford. Uh, Safety. All right. Safety. Uh, The Bears have lifted in this corner. All right. (laughs) Chris, does he have a beast right up? Who? Williamson? The six foot, 203 pounder appeared in 44 games over five seasons for the Cardinal. Compiling, compiling 213 tackles, 11 for a loss, one and a half sacks, one interception, 13 pass breakup, two forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. Last season, Williamson played in 10 contests, recording 50 tackles, two and a half for a loss, one interception, and three pass breakups. Williamson, Williamson, Williamson. There you go. There's your update. I actually lied. So he was in the beast. Travis Bell was in there. He's Brugler's 42nd ranked D tackle. So Kendall Williamson does not have a write up. He's the 35th, 35th ranked something in the beast. Uh, it's got to be safety because I doubt it's corner. But let me just double check. Well, the Bears app, the official Bears app, lists him as a corner. Is he going to play safety for us, guys? He's a safety. Dude, some just because some pimply faced tweeter for the Bears staff doesn't know how to list this kid's. No, it's not a tweeter. It's on the freaking app. uh, The public relations (laughs) Twitter page, whatever. It's all the same thing. Not on their Twitter. So, so what do we know about him? He He ran a 4 4. He was a one five nine. Uh, yeah, he's a special teams ace. They said uh, essentially Elijah Hicks of this draft. DHC nice. probably uh, according to uh, Usaid. You said no. Uh, Usaid Kashul. Uh, he is not. He is going to push DHC out the out the window. No, Kendall Williamson will. That's what I'm saying. Will he push Elijah Hicks out the window? No. Push DHC out the window. Why couldn't Hicks do that? Is he not good enough? Because you got to keep Hicks. He's young. Because they had both. Why would he I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at highlights right now. Just a black screen now. <laughs> are you saying there are no highlights? <laughs> There's no highlights. It's all downhill. Well, he only had two hundred something tackles in his college career. Shoot, man, Dexter had a hundred in his last two seasons. Well, Travis Ball, no matter what. All right, I'm just gonna run. I'm just gonna run through the uh, the undrafted real quick. Yeah, just because dude can't pronounce his name. Good luck saying that. Good luck saying the kicker's name. All right, so Micah Bakersfield, Bakersville from LSU is signed. He is in the beast. I think he's like the 26th ranked linebacker. Robert Burns, running back from Connecticut, is signed. He's also in the beast, but not uh, not a write-up. I think he's like 
thirty something. Andre Smith. Now that's interesting. I heard he could actually push Santos for a starting spot. He's supposedly really good. What's his how do you say his name? I don't know how to say his name. I just know he's really good. Well, how are you gonna be like good luck produce saying his name and then not have like why are you blue balling me, bro? If you not know how to say his name, don't say shit shit like I that. I don't know how to say it. No, I'm no, just no, saying. Don't say, to say. All right, Tyler Baggin Badgett from Shepherd. Who is who's who's our boy? Who's our Bears boy that's excited about uh, the the Tyson kid from Shepherd? Is it uh, is it Joe Hurt? Joe? Is it Joseph? Hurt? It might have been. Or is it? Or is it Bra- Braggs? It might be Braggs. One of these knuckleheads is. is he was a combine invite. I know that. Um, uh, Macon Clark from Tulane safety is signed. Uh, cornerback Dijon Warren from Jackson State signed. Uh, the the picture that they have of Homie is uh, him returning an interception with his foot out of bounds. That's great. Uh, <laughs> Gabe, Gabe Huey from Pittsburgh, offensive lineman, is signed. Uh, Jalen Harris from Arizona, defensive end, signed. Je- Justin Broyles, safety from Oklahoma, offensive lineman Loren Metz. N- like, n- none of these dudes, I like. I did a lot of pre-draft work and none of these. They're going to be superstars, dude. I don't know who any of these dudes are. It'll be amazing if any of them make the team. This is the first year we can say I, that. There's the, the DN from Houston is another intriguing guy. I think he had some pretty decent college stats. I don't really know. This, dude's, name, this dude's got a great name. Delaware wide receiver Thyric Pitts. Thyric. That sounds uh, like a medical. That sounds like a medical diagnosis. Yeah, I got the thyroid picks. It's it's my my thyroid <laughs> so pick. Uh, Bobby Hankins from O tackle from USC, offensive lineman Nicholas Amoa from California, Edge DeAnthony Jones from Houston, as Lucas said, uh, Desmond Bassett Bassett from Buffalo, offensive lineman. They signed a boatload of of UDFAs for. Oh, these are minicap invites. These are not even. These aren't real people. Just, I want to go back to something you just said while you're reading off these names, Chris, and I want to have to react to it. He's reading off these names, and he said, none of these guys are going to make the team, comma, for the first time in a while that we can say that. How amazing is that, Luke? Because he's right. He's absolutely right. There's, I, I do not disagree one bit that you've had practice squatters added to this roster over the last five years that you can identify and say that guy can make the team. That guy can help us out. That guy can help us out. And I don't think that I don't. I don't think that's not the case this year because we brought in bums for as practice squatters or as UDFA's. I think it's that way because you finally have enough of a baseline of a roster, enough of a baseline of youth in a roster to where you're drafting to add to that. And now you've got a clear designation of, oh, these guys are on the practice squad. These guys are UDFAs. These guys are really going to have to step up to push the other other group, Luke. Yeah, I think it's good to finally be able to say that. And uh, I think one of the draft analysts also came up with a good point about this. Uh, Supposedly now there's a shift in the NFL where 
some UDFAs or priority UDFAs actually get larger contracts than those that get drafted in the sixth and seventh round. So they had said teams are making it a priority to gain sixth and seventh round picks to draft the rights to these guys and possibly get them on cheaper deals than they would get as an undrafted free agent. Um, so I'm pretty sure some of these guys literally asked to be undrafted so they can negotiate that. Travis Bell, no matter what. Travis Bell, no matter what. By the way, Dane Brugler had this kicker listed as his seventh ranked kicker. He's 6'5, <laughs> 200 pounds. What? This guy is a beast. He's 6'5? Holy shit. It's a 6'005. Does that mean he's 6'5? Does that mean he's six no. and a half? Six means he's six foot and a half. Oh my god! It means he's six thousand five inches. This guy's fucking huge. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. still wants more. Yes. Facts. What is uh? What is that DN's name? I need to look him up too. Just before the Houston kid. Up here. Uh, what is the yeah, Houston kid's yeah. name? Now you got me scrolling and scrolling. Keep scrolling, 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 but. Uh, I just think that point that Chris was making as you're looking that up. I just think that point uh, that these guys are probably not going to make the roster just shows, golly, how far you freaking come. And I think the polls is is so far, you know, what, 14 months into his tenure. I'm I'm loving the direction. Keep going. Keep pressing. You say 14 years? Yeah. Months, months, months. Fair enough. Fair enough. Isn't it roughly? De'Anthony Jones, he's not listed in the Beast. Oh, my God. He's horrible. Unless, unless, uh, unless <laughs> If Blue Blue doesn't I, know I, him, nobody knows him. I, I am saying, though. I am nope, saying, he is there. though. He is the 73rd ranked uh, defensive tackle. Defensive end. It sounds like I don't want him. Five foot. Five oh nine forty yard dash. That's horrible. Yeah, five foot nine inches. I'm all, I'm all fucked up right now. Um, five foot nine inches. I'm no, telling you're you, not wrong, you're not wrong on the on the on the forty, dude. Six cheese five five not five oh nine. That is awful. Sounds like old Joe Gaither in high though. school right there, blazing down that 40-yard dash. He's six foot two seventy-six, though, man. He sounds more like a short three tech than a defensive end. No? Good talk. All right. Oh wait, Lucas. wait, wait. This kicker, this kicker won the Lou Garza Award. What is that? Is that the Groza? Country Joe? Yeah, that's the best kicker in the country, Lou Groza Award. Great. He won that. He won that in 2018. So, Jesus, COVID. Five years ago, he won it. Five years ago, should have declared for the draft then. The 49ers might have took him in the second round. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just resign Robbie now? Yeah, it's possible. It's Let's possible. just bring nope. Robbie. Did, didn't he say something about he went? He wouldn't be opposed to it or something like that. Didn't I hear something about him saying something about like that? Like two or three years ago, I remember. No, that. no, no. Like, like now, but they, they did, they kick, they let him go or whatever. Oh, he won that award as a freshman too. This guy's our next kicker, guys. Number oh, nine, no, 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 dude. Five years ago, and he's a hometown from Illinois, Vernon Hills, Illinois. Okay. Man, Cairo was automatic, bro. Like, 
for so long. He did have a streak there where he effed up, but then he, he still is like pretty good. Just fifty in a row. He just doesn't have a big leg. He just doesn't have a big leg. That's all. Yeah. But Robbie didn't either for a long time. Then all of a sudden he. I'm just busting balls, but I, if I had to pick one guy to make the team, it would be the kicker. There you go. And you know what? That's what should be making a team off a practice squad after UDFA. Facts. Hey, man, if you, if you, won, the, if you won the award, it's probably pretty damn good, so we'll see. Hey, what, you- what happened? I mean, like, he won the award as a freshman and then just all downhill from there? He had three COVID seasons. He, he peaked at 18? I don't know. What is Syracuse happening is over horrible. there? I don't, I don't know. Stop fapping over there. Goodness. Whoa. Sing the song, Joe. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you throw the nation. With your T formation, bear down, Chicago Bears. And don't forget why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.